Beautiful. Good morning, friends. Good morning. Welcome to Myers Park United Methodist Church. My name is Uyan, and I'm one of the pastors here. We're so grateful that we can gather to worship and praise our God together, whether it be here in person or those of us joining us online, we welcome you, especially for those of you who are first-time visitor or, or relatively new, we invite you to find a hospitality pad here at the end of your pews, pass this down. You can also use the back of your bulletin to use your QR code with your smartphone. And those of us online, there's a little link that you can click to let us know how we can pray for you and to be in community with you. Uh, especially, uh, as we were shared last Sunday, in your hospitality pew, there is a little card. This is specifically for those of us who give online or mail in our offering. During the time of offering, this is something that you can use to drop in the offertory plate uh, so that you may be a, a participant in that in our time of offering. So we invite you to do so as you would like. You can also find this from the, uh, the upcoming Sunday. There's a pile of these cards in the narthex that you can pick up on your way in, and you can just drop this off in the offertory plate in the time of offering. I'm so grateful to be joined by my friend and colleague, Pastor Bill. What else is going on today? Exciting day in the life of the church. Confirmation Sunday on all these wonderful confirmands. 74 being confirmed here today in our church. What a wonderful, wonderful experience. Also, come back tonight. 7 o'clock, there's a concert here called Hear My Prayer, an evening of German music. It features uh, our chancel choir, chamber singers, Myers Park strings. You'll be blessed by that. 7 o'clock in the sanctuary. So much going on. Look at your bulletin and participate in the life of this great church. Now let us prepare our hearts for worship.
our affirmation of faith this morning is the Apostle Creed. It's numbered 881 in the back of your hymnals. Let us unite in this historic confession of our Christian faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascendeth into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I invite you to turn to your worship bulletins to the prayer confession printed there. Let us confess our sins before God and one another. Let us pray. Gracious God, forgive us for the doubt that clouds our vision, the pain that makes us hide from you, from ourselves, and from those we love most. Free us from our confusion. Heal us from our wounds resurrect us from our shame raise us into the hope and joy that we realize when we are close to you amen my friends hear the good news christ died for us while we're yet sinners that proves god's love towards us in the name of jesus christ you are forgiven glory to god amen Friends, it is with great joy that we come together this morning to celebrate our 74 confirmands and the decision these young people are making to commit to the life of the church through their prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness. Over the course of this academic year, we have gathered weekly, had deep discussion, gone on two retreats, and shared a whole lot of life together. So we are excited to now officially welcome them into membership of the church. Through confirmation and through the reaffirmation of our faith, we renew the covenant declared at our baptism, acknowledge what God is doing for us, and affirm our commitment to Christ's holy church. So it is with great joy that I present to you the confirmation class of 2023 and their adult mentors. Please stand as you hear your name. Allie Foster, Mark Murphy, 
Julia Goldberg, Lydia Wright, Madison Flowhouse, Lila Kate Sneaker, Jack George, Sawyer Mitchell, Beck Jordan, Cooper Holland, Connard Hull, Valerie Reimer, Brooke Frazier, Mary Blake Gillis, Samantha Perella, Simone Van Vuren, Sarah Ott, Barrett Lacature, Lily Barkenbus, Frank Turner, Dylan Rakowski, Luke Shoemake, Austin Young, Virginia Gaston, Annabelle Poovey, and Banks Brown. On behalf of the whole church, I ask you now, confirmands, do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in the world? If so, please say, we do. Will you strive with us to follow Jesus Christ, confess him as Savior, put your whole trust in his grace, and promise to serve God's people in union with the church which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races? If so, please say, we will. As members of the body of Christ here at Mars Park United Methodist Church, will you faithfully engage in ministry by your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? If so, please say, we will. So confirmands, please remain standing. Parents of these confirmands, at your child's baptism or in their infancy, you agree to nurture these young people in Christ's holy church, that by your teaching and example, they may be guided to accept God's grace for themselves to profess their faith openly and to lead a Christian life. Do you renew that commitment now? If so, please say, we do. We now invite forward the students and parents from Valerie and Brooks small group to come kneel at the altar.
We now invite forward the parents and confirmands in Allie and Mark's small group. Family of God, I commend these new friends to your love and care. Will you do all in your power to encourage and walk with them as together we strive to increase our faith, confirm our hope, and grow in love and compassion. Let us respond as printed in our bulletin together. We give thanks for all that God has given you, and we welcome you in Christian love as members together with you in the body of Christ and in this congregation of the United Methodist Church we renew our covenant faithfully to participate in the ministries of the church by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. Amen. Confirmands, we welcome you in Christian love. As members together with you in the body of Christ and in this congregation, we renew our covenant to uphold the church by our prayers, our presence, 
our gifts, our service, and our witness, that in everything God may be glorified through Christ Jesus. The God of all grace who has called us to eternal glory in Christ establish you and strengthen you by the power of the Holy Spirit that you may live in grace and peace. Amen. Friends, let us welcome our new friends to stay. New Testament reading is 1 Peter chapter 4, beginning with the 12th verse. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal which comes upon you to prove you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice in so far as you share Christ's suffering, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of the glory and of God rest upon you. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that in due time he may exalt you. Cast all your anxieties on him, for he cares about you. Be sober, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same experience of suffering is required of your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, establish, and strengthen you to be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. We stand for the reading of the gospel lesson. Gospel reading is John chapter 17, beginning with the first verse. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son, that son may glorify you, since you have given him power over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work which you have given me to do. 
And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory which I had with you before the world was made. I have manifested your name to the men whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours, and you, have, you, you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you, or I have given them the words which you gave me. And they have received them and know in truth that I came from you. And they have believed that you did send me. I am praying for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All mine are yours, and you are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Raymond Brown is one of the New Testament scholars that I really enjoy studying. He and several other New Testament scholars have labeled, kind of breaks off the Gospel of John in different categories, uh, the first 12 chapters they see and label as the book of signs. And then from chapter 13 to chapter 21 of John, they label it as book of glory, uh, which is fitting, especially given our reading from chapter 17 of today. We, we hear Jesus speaking of a whole lot of glory, don't we? Uh, Jesus says, the hour has come to glorify your son so that the son may glorify you. I glorify you on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had in your presence. I have been glorified in them. Glory. What does it mean to have glory? What does it mean to live into glory? What does it mean to bask in glory for us Christians? We're going to dive into that a little bit. A confirmands, we are very uh, thankful and proud of you for the year-long journey that you've been on. Uh, we are also thankful for your mentors and volunteers and the youth staff who've journeyed alongside you over this last year. So receive your prize. You ready? Glory. Glory. Yeah. Once again, what does it mean to live into God's glory? To receive God's glory. I imagine many of you if not all of you, will uh, go to high school this fall. And I, I, I haven't asked any of the, the teachers, I'm not sure if this is part of the curriculum, and I'm not sure if this was part of my high school curriculum when I was in high school a couple of decades ago. Uh, but I do remember somebody telling me, hey, Uyan, you really need to read the Homer, Homer's the Iliad. So I did. I read it in high school, and when I got to college, I read it again because I had no idea what I was reading in high school, so I read it twice. And perhaps you too will um, read uh, the Iliad. Uh, the Greek word kleos is the word that translates as glory. Uh, the English word that is related to this kleos is loud. Kleos translates as what others hear about you. So Greek word glory, kleos, means what others loudly hear about you. That's what it means to possess glory. That should sound very familiar to us in the 21st century. I think that's how most of us define glory, what others say about us loudly. 
So, the Iliad. In it, you'll encounter several different characters, one of which is Achilles, the greatest of all Greek warriors. They're engaged in the greatest of all wars in history, the Trojan War. Yeah? That's where the Trojan horse comes from. And Achilles, at some point during the war, has a moment of reflection. He thinks to himself and sees different pathway for his future. This is what he says. If I hold out here and I lay siege to Troy, my journey home is gone, but my glory never dies. If I voyage back to the fatherland I love, my pride, my glory dies. True. But the life that's left me will be long. The stroke of death will not come on me quickly. Did you catch that? Achilles has a choice. He can choose uh, to go home where he will live a long life with those whom he loves and those who love him. Or he can choose a particular kind of glory as it is defined in the Greek language. He can choose to engage in the greatest of battle where he will prove himself worthy for the glory where others will speak of him, tell stories of him loudly forever and ever. Now, you don't have to have read the book to know what Achilles chooses, yes? He chooses glory, a particular type of glory that leads to his demise and perishing. There is an alternative understanding and perspective of glory. We just read of it. Jesus speaks of glory. Uh, as you might uh, remember, the first 12th chapter, Book of Signs, starting from chapter 13 on to 21, is labeled as a book of glory. Do you know how the chapter 13 in John begins, the first 11 verses? It starts, the supposed book of glory begins with Jesus and his disciples gather around the table where Jesus washes the feet of his disciples. Isn't that amazing? That the book of glory begins in John with Jesus washing the feet of his disciples, where and by Jesus then invites his disciples to the same type of glory manifested in the gospel. Achilles and the people of the world, we chase after glories that of the powerful and the kings of the world. Jesus, in the washing of the disciples' feet, exemplifies a different kind of glory, and it's the servant's glory. Glory that is rooted in the gospel. Kindness, gentleness, forgiveness, sacrifice, and love. Upon sharing the glories of God, Jesus then prays for his disciples. We would call this type of prayer today intercessory prayer. We know what that is, don't we? It's when we pray on behalf of others for what we wish for them, we pray intercessory prayers all the time. And Jesus prays for his children. Jesus prays for us. Jesus prays for protection. Did you notice that? He prays for a particular kind of protection for God's people. Protection from what? Protection from who? 
I imagine perhaps Jesus is praying for a particular type of protection in such a way that his disciples do not chase after the glories of this world. That they do not chase the glories of Achilles, but rather seeks after the glories of the servant. To imitate, to follow the glories of Christ as he demonstrates over and over and over again in John chapter 8, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. That's interesting, the concept of light. Because, I don't know if you ever noticed this, we never look at light. Yes? But instead, light is that which illuminates everything else in such a way that we can see other people, see things, and see the world. We don't actually see the light. Light enables to see everything else. Jesus says, I'm the light of the world, meaning I am by which you will gain a particular kind of perspective to see all the world, people in and all the things. Let me be the lens to which you see the world. And then in Matthew, this is really cool, in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says to you and to me, to his disciples, you are the light of the world. Confirmands, Jesus says, you are the light of the world. So what does that mean? It means it is through your lives, our collective journey as God's people, that we can then show the light in such a way that the people of the world can see through a different lens, a different perspective, through the gospel lens, through the perspective of Jesus. Not only is Jesus the light of the world, we are called to be the light of the world. Richard Richard Rohr writes, we have faith in Christ so we can have the faith of Christ. And what did, what did Jesus have faith in? What's the faith of Christ? Uh, Jesus had faith in service, sacrifice, gentleness, kindness, forgiveness. Two Sundays ago, we talked about one of the marks of discipleship being knowing the stories of God, right? Read the Bible. Confirmance, did you read the Bible this year? Yes. <laughs> Last Sunday, we talked about a second mark of discipleship, which is a life of obedience. Today, another mark of discipleship is life of service. That is the servant's glory. Now, I got to tell you, we can talk about the servant's glory and romanticize it all we want, but it is almost impossible to do this. We can speak of forgiveness, service, goodness, gentleness, kindness, generosity. All these things are fine to say, but it is almost impossible to live into. In our world that is so obsessed with fame, notoriety, popularity, wealth, power, prestige, it is impossible to live into the servant's glory if it were not for the fact of what Jesus says right before chapter 17. In chapter 16 of John, verse 33, right before Jesus speaks of glory, this is what Jesus says to you and to me, to the disciples. Jesus says, do not be troubled, for I have already conquered the world. Did you catch that? That which is so seemingly impossible, the gospel is possible because God has already conquered the world. 
I think it's hard to live this way because, well, the world will say, that's just foolish. That's silly. That type of living will never end and win the day. Jesus says, oh, no, no. What you don't understand is I've already overcome the world. I've already conquered the world. This is the way it will ultimately be. So live in such a way. Live a life of service. And trust, believe, and know that Jesus will have the final say in our lives. Jesus will have the final say in our collective history of the world. And that final say will be rooted in servant's glory. So may we join in this journey to love, to serve, to sacrifice, take courage. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray. Wonderful God, we come to you this morning with full hearts. As we celebrate Confirmation Sunday, we thank you for the congregation, mentors, and parents that have carried us and walked alongside us in our journey of faith since our baptism. Through their example and presence, they have helped us know what it means to be a follower of Christ. Lord, in your mercy, hear, hear our prayer. prayer. Yet amidst the celebration of a growing church, we still carry woes, O oh God. Our hearts are anguished by the rising mental health crisis and the lack of resources available to help. We pray for those who are suffering silent battles with depression and anxiety. Help us to surround them with the love and support they need to carry on. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. As we come to the end of the school year, we ask for strength to finish well. We thank you for the educators who have given of themselves so we can learn, grow, and thrive. Be with us all as we rest and ignite in our passion to study your word. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We lift up those from our church family who are going through difficult times and grieving earthly loss. We ask for your healing hand and comforting embrace as they hope in your eternal promise. Lord, in your mercy. Creator God, spring is here, and as the flowers bloom and the birds sing, we are reminded of new life. Though we may feel surrounded by doom and despair, there's hope, light, and resurrection in you. So trusting in your goodness, we pray with confidence the prayer that you taught your disciples to pray. Our Father, who art, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Church, it takes a village to raise young people in faith. And so we thank you for your continued generosity and support because it is because of you that we are able to have such a vibrant confirmation and youth ministry. So with that, I invite our ushers forward to receive our tithes and offering.
O God, your generous outpouring of grace reminds us of the fruitful lives we are called to bear. May these gifts embody our desire to share in your glory and contribute to your kingdom. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
Friends, may God's glory become your glory. May you be glorified in Christ. May the love of God the Father, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore.